We'll be reading from the book of Colossians, book of Colossians chapter 3, book of Colossians chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse 18. Now remember, as we mentioned this morning, the letter addressed to the Colossian church was delivered by Tychicus, who was accompanied by Onesimus. So the letter to the Colossians and this runaway slave returned at the same time along with the companion letter of the letter to Philemon. The letter to Philemon was to be written, read to the church. This letter was to be read to the church. So it's important to keep this in mind as we read the following words uh, in that the, the letter was delivered to a slave owner. The church was in his house in the presence of his runaway slave. So keep that in mind as we read Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Would you stand as the scriptures read? Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, submit your to submit to your own husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, for there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the word, the word that addresses all the, the needs and issues in our culture and society and in our hearts. We ask that we would address these needs where it starts, and that's when our heart and in our homes and Father, help it, of course, uh, the Christian principles of decency and morality to go forth from there and reach the world for you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. No doubt the whole church knew of the issue with Onesimus. He ran away from Philemon. The church was meeting in the home of Philemon. Now, we know this had all happened sometime earlier before this letter was delivered. How much earlier? Well, you understand that it was a 2,600-mile trip from Colossae to Rome. But that's if you took a boat across the Mediterranean. If you went over land only, over land only, which would probably how Onesimus would have to go, that would be 750 miles plus one way. So we know the round trip is going to be a lot further than that. Coming back, he probably could have taken a boat because he was with Tychicus. Going there, a runaway slave would not want to be in close confines with people on a boat that somehow, and I'm not sure how this would be done, would recognize him. So he probably went over land. That tells me, of course, if you could travel just 25 miles in a day, you're looking at well over five months because you're not even counting the time that he was with Paul. We don't know how long he was with Paul. So we do know this was probably a half a year or more after the slave disappeared, he shows back up. 
he shows back up with this letter. And, of course, the letter to Philemon. Now, this whole discussion of the runaway slave and the discussion we'll have in just a minute is a testimony that the gospel message reaches people of all cultures and all walks of life. You see, the gospel message is not just an American message or a European message. It's not just a white message. We understand that it transcends all man-made barriers. The gospel message transcends all man-made barriers, whether it be economic status, which was here, racial status, nationality, slaves, and masters were in the same church. That tells me slaves were being saved and the people that lived on the other planet, masters. Nothing was further apart than a slave and a master in their status. But the gospel was reaching all of them. So we understand this whole discussion, of course, looks like, well, this, things have gotten real complicated there in the early church. But actually, it is a testimony that God was reaching everybody with the message of love for Jesus Christ. So we realize while this is an issue that had to be addressed, it is an issue that tells us that people on opposite ends of, of all kinds of cultural barriers were finding new life in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you were thinking this when we were discussing the fact that Onesimus was a runaway slave and Paul was sending him back, of course, because that was the right thing to do. And the question is, well, why didn't Paul preach against slavery? Well, the Bible never condones slavery. Never tolerated it, never endorsed it, never promoted it. But the Bible acknowledges it as a social reality in the time in which these books were written, all the way back to the Old Testament. And in the New Testament times, it was a social reality that had to be dealt with by the church. Why didn't the church take on the campaign to abolish slavery? Well, if they would have taken on the campaign at that time to abolish slavery, the main message of the church would have been social freedom. The main message of the church is not that. The main message of the church is eternal freedom in Jesus Christ. Now, if they had taken on the social issue of slavery, and rightfully so, they could have, that's what the message of Christianity would be known for. And it would have brought on a swift reprisal. Because, of course, it would have probably stirred up the slaves for an uprising. That was never successful. It had been tried before. Thousands of people were killed. Yes, slavery is a wrong thing. Slavery is not condoned by the Bible. Slavery should never, of course, been endorsed by the church. But our main message is not physical emancipation. It is spiritual freedom in Jesus Christ, and that message was reaching everyone. Now, the issue of slavery, as far as God is concerned, was not to be settled in the state house, but in God's house. You see, what they had was this, slaves 
and masters in the same church. They couldn't change that social structure of their society, but they could give the spiritual principles that govern those relationships. And that's what he was seeking to do. So what did he say? He said this, bond servants obey all things in your masters, all things your masters according to the flesh, not in eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. What that tells us is this. When we submit our lives to Christ, if it's true with the slave, it's true with us. When we submit our lives to Christ and we're truly following Christ, it will improve every single area of our life. Our relationship with Christ shouldn't just involve Sunday morning on the church premises. A true relationship with Christ will involve every area of our life, our home life, our work life, school, social life. You see, all these things governed something that was going on outside the church walls and outside the, the day of worship. You see, the, the spiritual principles that God wants us to live by affects every area of our life. So, in the company of Onesimus and all the other slaves, plural. You remember because plural is here. He didn't say, in Onesimus, you need to obey Philemon. There were other slaves in the Colossian church. The other slaves, no doubt, knew about the runaway slaves. And Paul, I'm sure, wanted to reassure them how to best represent Christ in their station of life. They couldn't change that station. They couldn't change that. So what they couldn't change, he didn't say try to resist and, and change, but he said within the station of life where you are, you do your best in everything you do. And you serve the Lord and do it from the heart. Now, it's quite interesting. When it says you serve it in sincerity of heart and doing it heartily, when we think of the heart, we think of the emotions, Right? Somebody might say, yeah, but my heart's just not in it. Quite literally, he said you do it in sincerity of the soul. Literally, the Greek was this. You do it in sincerity of the soul. That means it's not emotion. It's not your heart. It's not your enthusiasm. It's the spiritual principle of how we should live, how we should behave, how we should treat others, and even a slave in the worst possible social situation was expected, was expected to follow the teachings of Christ. It says, of course, you do the things that are right, and then he says this, he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. There is no partiality. Oh, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a slave. You know, all, all I did was steal this stuff because my station in life is so bad I had to steal it. He said, there's no partiality. But then we turn that coin around. Chapter 4, verse 1. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing you also have a master in heaven. Now, the master may be the master of his house. He may be the boss of the slaves, but there is no partiality with God. And any clout he had in his home, any clout he had in his society, any power and prestige he had in his community didn't matter to God. He said, you're to do the right thing too. You're not above these Christian principles. 
your slave is not above the Christian principles, you're not above the Christian principles. So at every station of life, he wants us to do our best to live according to these principles and so doing be a testimony for him. Now, here's how these issues are resolved. They're not resolved for the outside in, where maybe we can get the attention of somebody up in the Capitol or the Roman State House or whatever. They're resolved in here, in the life of all of us. That whatever the issues, whatever the station of life, whatever peculiarities they are with our relationships with others, whether it be an employee to an employer, family relationships, our relationship with people in the community, all of these things, we work them out by adhering to Christian principles of decency and honesty and morality. Is there anything before we go into the business meeting? If not, we'll go into our business meeting 